Hello, this is the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet from the Mary Foundation. The Rosary will begin in a few seconds. It is followed by the Divine Mercy Chaplet, a few common Catholic prayers, a brief history of the Rosary, and a conversation about Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The First Mystery The Annunciation The Baptism in the Jordan The Agony in the Garden The Resurrection Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The Second Mystery The Visitation The Wedding at Cana The Scourging at the Pillar The Ascension Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The Third Mystery The Birth of Jesus The Proclamation of the Kingdom The Crowning with Thorns The Descent of the Holy Spirit Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The Fourth Mystery The Presentation The Transfiguration The Carrying of the Cross the Assumption Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The Fifth Mystery The Finding of the Child Jesus in the Temple The Institution of the Eucharist The Crucifixion the coronation of Mary as Queen of Heaven and Earth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray for the Pope. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Jude, pray for us. St. Anthony, 
Pray for us. Saint Therese the Little Flower. Pray for us. Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel. Protect us. All the angels and all the saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for praying the rosary with us. Please keep listening for the Divine Mercy Chaplet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, an atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasure of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. The Memorare Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer them. Amen. The St. Michael Prayer St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, 
And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer to your Guardian Angel Angel of God, who are my guardian, to whom merciful God entrusted me, enlighten and keep me this day, guard and lead me. Amen. Morning Offering Dear Lord, I do not know what will happen to me today. I only know that nothing will happen that was not foreseen by you and directed to my greater good from all eternity. I adore your holy and unfathomable plans and submit to them with all my heart for love of you, the Pope, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. And now a little background on the Holy Rosary. The Rosary is the most popular form of prayer in the world and has been prayed by people of all ages and races in its current form for almost 800 years. Tradition has it that Our Lady appeared to St. Dominic and taught him the 15 mysteries and how to pray the Rosary in the 13th century. The two great apostles of the Rosary were Blessed Alan de la Roche, to whom Our Lady gave her wonderful and famous 15 promises, and St. Louis de Montfort, who lived in the 18th century. The late Archbishop Fulton Sheen taught that the Rosary is the perfect prayer because it requires the whole person to pray it properly, body, mind, and soul. Our fingers move as we count the beads, our voices recite the words, and we use our imagination as we meditate on the mysteries. And because it is a prayer, our souls are in communion with the Holy Trinity. It is also a social prayer because it can be prayed in families, in religious communities, at gatherings, and even on car trips. In a certain sense, no one can pray a rosary alone because we are joined by the holy angels and saints in heaven who prayed along with us. Archbishop Sheen also pointed out that the rosary's average length, 17 minutes, is in perfect harmony with what psychologists tell us is the optimal human attention span. All this should not come as a surprise. Many holy saints have pointed out that the rosary is not a prayer conceived by men. It was Jesus who taught us the Our Father, and the words of the Hail Mary come directly from the Bible. The angel Gabriel was the first to pray, Hail Mary, full of grace. And Mary's cousin Elizabeth proclaimed that Mary was blessed among women. The words, Holy Mary, Mother of God, come directly from the title given to Our Lady to affirm Jesus' divinity during the Council of Ephesus in 431. And every time you pray the Rosary or a Hail Mary, you fulfill Our Lady's biblical prophecy that all generations shall call her blessed. According to St. Louis de Montfort's classic work, True Devotion to Mary, as you pray the Rosary, you are helping to form the heel that will crush the head of Satan, a prophecy from the first book of the Bible, Genesis 3.15. At the same time, you are responding to Our Lady of Fatima's request to pray the Rosary for peace in the world. In fact, you are joining tens of millions of Christians who believe that Our Lady of Fatima's promise of a period of peace will be ushered into history in no small part by praying the Rosary. Finally, every time you pray all fifteen decades of the Rosary, whether in one sitting, during a whole day, or during three days, you are praying through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. The Rosary, like a beautiful diamond, has many facets, but at its center is Jesus. The joyful mysteries start with his conception, then bring you through his birth and childhood. During the sorrowful mysteries, you relive his passion and death on the cross, and during the glorious mysteries, you meet the risen Jesus his apostles, the descent of his Holy Spirit, and you travel all the way across time and salvation history to our present day, where Christ the King rules the universe with his humble mother, Mary, his Queen. So pray the rosary every day. Don't say it, pray it. 
Pray with your whole family or part of your family. Teach your friends, children, and relatives to pray the rosary. Ask God for the grace to become a saint every time you pray it. According to Blessed Alan, those who teach others to pray the rosary will receive special graces, including the intercession of the entire celestial court in heaven. Every time you pray the rosary, you imitate Christ, especially when he was on the cross. Because you are asking Our Lady to be with you and to pray for you now and at the hour of your death. Hello, everyone. We're in the Blue Room of the Mary Foundation Studios with Marcus Grodi and Pat Madrid. Welcome, guys. Pat, I understand you have some quotations from a well-known Christian writer. I do. These are quotations that you may not have heard before about our Blessed Lady. I'll start with this one. She, the Lady above heaven and earth, must have a heart so humble that she might have no shame in washing the swaddling clothes or preparing a bath for St. John the Baptist, like a servant girl. What humility! It would surely have been more just to have arranged for her a golden coach pulled by four thousand horses, and to cry and proclaim as the carriage proceeded, Here passes the woman who is raised above the whole human race. She was not filled with pride by this praise, this immense praise. No woman is like unto thee, thou art more than an empress or a queen, Blessed above all nobility, wisdom, or saintliness. Or in another passage, he said, May she enlighten our intelligences, inflame our hearts, and inspire our whole life. May Christ grant us this grace through the intercession of his Holy Mother. That was Martin Luther. <laughs> Amazing. And Martin Luther. He was, as we know, he was the founder of the, at least the progenitor of the Protestant Reformation. And these words, ironically, were not written when he was a Catholic monk, but these were written decades later, not long before his death. There were many other things that he wrote in praise of Mary. One thing is clear to me, and that is that modern-day people know an awful lot less about the Blessed Virgin Mary's role in the plan of salvation than even many of the Reformers did 500 years ago. In my own journey to the Catholic Church, came to recognize that much of what I had learned about the founders of the Protestant movement was a whole lot different than, in fact, they taught themselves, because many of the followers in their anti-Catholicism had to clean up the act because it could be misconstrued to sound too Catholic. As a result, many Protestants today do not understand, especially in the area of Mary, what Calvin and Luther believed. But the sad thing is, it's the same thing with many modern Catholics themselves, Many Catholics are not as clear about their understanding of Mary and what the Church really teaches about Mary. Well, Marcus, you were a Protestant at one time, and I was born and raised Catholic. I'm always curious about converts and what their experience was with regard to Mary, how they looked at Mary prior to coming into the Church. Because I was brought up Lutheran and then eventually ordained Presbyterian, Mary was not a part of my life at all. We thought of her at Christmas time period, and in fact, never focused on directly. Our focus was on Jesus and then Mary on the side, mm -hmm. only her relationship to his birth, seeing her almost as chosen by accident by God, never a, a central part of his plan. But I recognized in my own journey that I wasn't particularly anti-Catholic. It's just that my Protestant background and forebears had fought those battles. And by the time the faith was delivered to me, 
Mary wasn't even a part of the equation. We're speaking today on the Feast of the Annunciation. Right. The, the fact is that it never even crossed my mind to look at that text in Scripture in Luke 1, to even think of it in the way the Catholic Church presents it. It wasn't as if I, I heard the teaching and then reacted against it. I never heard it. And as I think then in relationship to Catholics today, are they presented clearly what the church teaches also? We can talk later about this, but one of the tools that we used as a Protestant to pull Catholic young people, young adults, young families out of the Catholic church was in fact the doctrines of Mary. How'd you do it? Well, we recognized that so many Catholics don't understand what the church teaches about Mary, or in their own piety have picked up some bad understandings. And I'll tell you what we used to do. We, we would take a young person and we would say, why is it that your parents worship Mary? And the young person might say, well, they don't. And then we'd say, well, how much do they talk about Mary? And she would recognize that, yeah, they would talk a lot at home about Mary. How much do they talk about Jesus? And she, they would recognize that they don't talk a whole lot about Jesus or the relationship between Mary and Jesus. And so there's this young person without a foundation for their faith, yeah. and we would just take them from there. Yeah. So we, as Catholics, need to make sure our young people know Jesus, but also know Mary to whom he pointed. Right. And we know the right relationship. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I've got a, uh, a couple of bits of advice that I give to Catholics when I'm speaking. First thing is, you want to remember this whole idea of the full gospel. You, you drive down the street and you see these full gospel churches. Well, really, the full gospel includes Mary, and it includes things like purgatory and the sacraments and the papacy and so forth. Mary is part of the full gospel. So two things I tell Catholics. One is, if you minimize or hide or are embarrassed by Marian doctrines and the other doctrines of the faith and seek to exclude them from your presentation of the Catholic faith, you're really doing a disservice to the person that you're sharing the faith with because you're, you are not giving the full gospel, you're giving a partial gospel. The second thing, though, is that you don't want to just walk up to somebody and blurt out all of a sudden all sorts of things that should come second or third or fourth in line or later in line after you've set up a few other things first, doctrinally speaking. In other words, you don't grab a Southern Baptist by the shoulders and look him in the eyes and say, listen, brother, I want to tell you why you need to be wearing the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. <laughs> you know, you don't start yeah. there. But at a certain point in the organic growth of your discussion, you're going to want to have the proper explanation of Mary and Marian doctrines at the right time. So it's this balance. We never want to exclude or minimize her. But on the other hand, we have to be prudent. Remember, Jesus said, there are some things you can't bear right now that he told the apostles. And later on, you'll get those things. Yeah, there's a text in Ephesians. It says that we must speak the truth in love. We err too often on the love side. We think we're being more loving by holding back some things that seem to be stumbling blocks, per se. But as you said, what we're doing is we're robbing them from the fullness of the truth. Mm. We're called to speak the truth, not use it as a cudgel, but to, to use it because we love them. Right. They need to understand Mary and how God has spoken to us through Mary and has given us the greatest gift that we have, Christ, through Mary. I think that one of the best places for a Catholic to be nourished in his understanding of Mary is in Scripture. Very often, people turn immediately to the Gospel of Luke and begin reading about Mary there. But I think that there's a lot of riches to be found in the Old Testament. And by going through several key places in the Old Testament, we can begin to see 
a pattern emerge that God not only was preparing the world for the church and the sacraments and the mass and, of course, our Lord, his death on the cross and, and the redemption, but he was also preparing us for Mary and showing us all the way from the time of the Garden of Eden that Mary was coming. She would be this woman who would be present. For example, in Genesis 3.15, where God is speaking to Adam and Eve and the serpent after the original sin had been committed, he curses Adam and Eve and he curses creation, and he gives a special curse to the serpent where he says that the seed of the woman shall crush your head and you shall lie in wait for his heel and strike at his heel. And there are, there are two legitimate ways to translate this passage. One is that she will crush your head and he will crush your head, referring to the offspring of the woman. Now, this is what the theologians call the Proto-Evangelion, or the first gospel. It's like the very first expression of the gospel of Christ, which we find here in Genesis 3.15. And this motif of the woman shows up throughout the Old Testament, shows up again, obviously, with Mary in the New Testament. Another instance that we see is in the Ark of the Covenant. It is the special container in which God, in his word, his written word, was carried about among his people for low those many centuries. Now, maybe some of our listeners haven't lately read the book of Exodus or Second Samuel chapter 6 or Chronicles, but they probably have seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And if, they, if they've seen the movie, then they've gotten a little Bible history there, the Hollywood version, but the box that's depicted is this Ark of the Covenant, and it's purpose was to carry around the Word of God in Scripture. Now, what's interesting about this is that we very often refer to our Blessed Lady as the Ark of the New Covenant, because she carried in her womb for nine months the Word of God in flesh. And just as the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament had the central role, the central place in the, the life and worship of Israel, our Blessed Lady is right at the core of the Catholic Church as well. And she stands at the foot of the cross. She's the one who is is showing us Christ. And so as we go through the Old Testament, we see many examples of this Ark of the Covenant. Let me just give you three parallels with our Blessed Lady. We'll move quickly through those. In Second Samuel chapter 6, we see an incident take place with King David recovering the Ark of the Covenant that had been lost in a battle with the Philistines. The Philistines captured the Ark because Israel was living Poorly. They were not living according to God's precepts. They weren't praying. They weren't following true religion. So the ark gets lost to the Philistines. David rallies his troops and he says, we're going back after the ark. We're going to pray and fast and prepare spiritually before we go back into this battle. And they go back into the battle. They rout the Philistines. They recapture the ark. So the scene is the city of David, Jerusalem, is where the ark is being brought back. The parallel to this passage is in Luke chapter 1. The first parallel is, as the ark is being brought into the city, born on the shoulders of, of these troops, David is overcome with fear, the fear of the Lord, and he utters these prophetic words. He says, who am I that the ark of the Lord should come to me? Now, that, of course, is a parallel to what Elizabeth says to our blessed lady, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The second parallel is that David performs this dance before the ark of the Lord, and it's described in various ways in Scripture, but probably the best way to describe it is he was leaping with abandon. 
That is a direct parallel with St. John the Baptist leaping for joy when the Ark of the New Covenant, our Blessed Mother, came to Elizabeth. So Elizabeth utters those words, John the Baptist leaps for joy. Then the third parallel is that David, after this dance was performed and the celebrations were underway, he said, we're not worthy to have the Ark of the Lord present in our midst until we are fully purified ourselves. So he diverts the Ark of the Lord up into the hill country of Judea to the household of Abedadam. And there the Ark of the Lord remained for three months. And there's a little footnote in Second Samuel 6 which says that while the Ark was present, the presence of the Ark blessed the household of Abedadam. Now that's a euphemism, bless the household of Abedadam. It was an Old Testament Hebrew way of saying made the crops grow, made the women pregnant, made the, the animals give birth to, to new offspring. The parallel in, in Luke 1 is where does our Blessed Lady go right after the Annunciation? She goes up into the hill country of Judea for three months to the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah and look at what God had done in the lives of Elizabeth and Zechariah just prior to Mary's visitation, and that was blessing their household with life, bringing life out of all of this. That's just to give you some examples of, of that Old Testament prefigurement. I'd like to throw one on top of that, sure, a little sure. different perspective, but I think in terms of where does Mary fit into the plan of God. When you listen to the language of the prophecy of Genesis 3, when God speaks and says, I will put enmity. Yes. I will. It's going to happen. Right. It's God's plan. I will do this. Then you listen to the language of the angel to Mary, and what does he say? Behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. This, this is, is not a suggestion. <laughs> this this was God's decree. This God's choice, God's plan. Yeah. This was a part of it all along. What you're pointing out is that God's sovereign purpose was being carried out. His plan to save humanity would not be thwarted. And the beautiful mystery is how Mary's yes corresponded in full freedom. It was an authentic yes. It was a free yes. Juxtaposed against Adam and Eve's no. They're no, right? Exactly right. The same freedom. Mary in this position, not like all of God's plans are all of a sudden hinging on, hinging on whether she says yes or no. God wasn't holding his breath. No. It's going to happen. He said, this is going to happen. The issue is, are you going to cooperate? Are you going to freely be a part of this? And it reminds us of where we are in relationship to Mary as a model for us. Right. In these examples, Old Testament, New Testament are brought right back to us, is that every single one of us is a part of God's plan. God is going to work through us to our families in our lives. Are we going to say yes, right. just like Mary did? Well, that's something when I was younger, I always kind of drew a blank when people would tell me that Mary would be my model. I can see very easily how Christ would be our model. But when it came to Mary as a model, I thought, how can I relate? At a practical level, you could answer like this. Sure, I am not in exact parallel with Mary in the same way that Mary was born free from all sin and preserved free from all sin for her life. But she's still a model for me, model of humility, model of patience, model of pondering these things in her heart, obedience, faithfulness, and so forth. But you could ask the same question to the person that raises this objection and say, Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So you might just as well say, well, I could never do that because, you know, God is infinite and perfect and I'm not. You can see where the, where the objection begins to dissolve. It's not that we are to be identical in absolutely every way, but it's, that is what we're striving for. 
We're striving to be like our Father in Heaven. We're striving to be like our Blessed Mother. And this challenge that some people make, you know, how can Mary be our model? It connects in with with some of the sad parts of our own modern culture that we don't want to bruise the self-image of our young people by setting too high a standard. Setting too high of a standard for them, you know, and... That's why everybody is flying so low. Yeah. Because there are, there are no high standards being set. People aren't shooting for anything. Yes. We see in her great images that should touch us in our actions and in our intimate life in prayer. Again, back to that passage in Luke where we all know it so well. You know, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. We look at Mary, this point in her life when she was willing to totally say, Lord, I know what you have for me is beyond my ability, but I know it's the best for me. Let me give you an example in my own life that had just occurred to me a few days ago. I was speaking at a, at a parish in Pennsylvania. I was picked up to be driven to the parish by a delightful young father. But we got to talking about his family. And, of course, I'm on the road this week, so I'm missing my family an awful lot and my children. And I asked him about his family. He says, we have four children, and one of whom is in heaven. And I said, really? Sorry to hear that. What happened? And he said, with just this frankness and beautiful serenity, our three-year-old boy drowned a year ago. And as we talked, I began to see this peace and serenity that he had. And he described, you know, there's a lot of pain. There still is a lot of pain. And I was feeling this pain sitting in in this car with him. And I was, you know, moved to tears as he was describing this because I'm thinking about my own children. But as I reflected on that later in prayer, This whole issue of Mary came to my mind because I realized Mary went through that. Mary lost her little boy. Think about our Blessed Lady in the Gospels where she loses Jesus at 12 years old in the temple for three days. He's gone. She doesn't know where he is. Is he hurt? Is he dead? And she finally, to her great relief, she and and Joseph discover Jesus in the temple. He's safe and sound. She loses him again in the tomb. Her little boy is lost for three days. Mary and what she went through is something you can relate to as a parent, personally. Another example with Mary, she had to let her son go and go perform his ministry. At a certain point, all parents have to stand back and watch their children leave and go. So when we talk about Mary as a model, it penetrates every aspect of the Christian life, raising children, dealing with death, dealing with personal struggles. And I see Mary standing behind every single life lesson that I have to learn. Add to that list of things that we need to let go of, and that sometimes are plans for the future, what we dream. I mean, I look at my own experience of being a Protestant pastor with a career set ahead of me. The last thing I ever thought about doing is becoming a Catholic. We have to allow our plans and our futures, and even the negative aspects of those journeys to recognize, as it says in Romans 8, that all things work together for good, yes. that love God, are called according to his purpose. Trust God's desire and will for us is always better. Let's pull this together as, a, as one big picture. We are the body of Christ as the members of the church, and the theologians have, have reminded us for ages that when Mary sees the church, she sees Christ. So part of her maternity for the church is because we are in Christ, we are members of the mystical body of Christ. When we see Mary throughout the Gospels, 
She's always with Christ. Even at the times of his greatest sufferings, she's right there. Maybe she can't directly step in and make something different, but she's with him. She's praying for him. She's she's encouraging him. She's at the foot of the cross. She's at the tomb and so forth. And this is true for us right now. We are the body of Christ. Mary is with us every step of the way. And when the church looks like it's in the midst of its darkest days, when we're being persecuted, when we're being ridiculed, in times of triumph, our Blessed Lady is with us every step of the way, just as she was with Christ. That leads me to another question. People say, I love Jesus. I go to Mass. Why do I need to honor the Blessed Mother? Why do I need to say the Rosary? There's some ways to express not just the beauty of honoring Mary, but how right it is in light of Scripture. Let me share a couple of techniques I've used. The first one is to use an analogy of two kings. The analogy goes like this. You've got one king, you're going into the throne room, and as you're walking in, first thing you notice is you're walking on a diamond-studded carpet, amazing in its beauty. And then you see these beautiful tapestries on the walls, and you see all the courtiers just scintillating in their, in their apparel, beautiful music and so forth. As you walk further and further into the throne room, you get closer to the king's throne, you see how resplendent in glory he is, and everything around him is just shimmering in this glory. Well, then the second king is in a throne room. You walk into the room. Immediately you notice, I'm standing on a concrete floor. There's nothing on the walls. In fact, there's nobody in the room. There's no music, there's no people. But at the far end of the room, there's this resplendent king in all of his glory. The first one is the Catholic model. God is so glorious and magnificent that he lavishes glory and magnificence on everything and anyone around him. Any of his friends participate in his beauty. The second king is a model that many of our non-Catholic friends tend to follow when they think about God. God is so jealous of his own glory. He's so concerned that I might get caught up in looking at a tapestry for a few minutes that he has everything eliminated so that all I can look at is him. Now, sure, he's a glorious king. But my thesis is, which king is more glorious? Well, certainly the first one. That's why we see no problem in praising a sunset or a mountain range or the magnificent work that Christ wrought in his mother Mary, the perfection of grace in her, or any of the saints. The second technique that I use is to talk about this fictional couple. The young woman and the young man are sitting and talking, and they're deeply in love. And the, the young man says to the woman, I love you more than I love myself. I love you with all of my being. I want to be with you every second of the day. I want to share my life with you. My heart is yours. But I'm not interested in going to meet your parents. I'm not interested in your brothers and sisters. I could care less about your friends. I don't want to look at your high school yearbook. I don't, in fact, I don't want to know anything or anyone that has to do with your past or your family. All I want to do is focus on you. Isn't that absurd? How many people are walking around? with exactly that attitude toward Christ. This whole idea of me and Jesus, and that's it, is completely unbiblical. The biblical model is, Lord, I love you, and anything that pertains to you, your friends, your family, where you live, what you said, that is vitally important to me, and I want to know everything I can about that. Uh, recently, a salesman saw my three boys and noticed that they were the same ages as his own children. And the first thing he did was reach into his wallet, open it up, and show me his family. Mm -hmm. And as he showed me the pictures of his children, you could see the gleam in his eye as he was drawing our attention away from himself to a people he loved. Right. That's the same divine humility that Jesus 
demonstrates to us when he points us to his mother. He's not drawing his attention away from him, but he's showing the great act of his love in those that he has redeemed. Well, there, there's also the, the objection that people will give you to statues of Mary, pictures of the Holy Family. It's along the same lines. We carry around pictures to remind us of the people we love. We have a statue of Mary, not to worship Mary, but to remind us of her and That's of right. her son and of his church. I was telling you earlier about that picture that's now in the center of our living room at home. It was a picture of the Holy Family that my wife had inherited from her Protestant grandfather when he died. And it's a picture of the nativity scene. And what we've come to recognize is that we used to just see that as the nativity scene, thinking of it as the nativity incident, and focus on Jesus the baby. We never focused on the individuals in that picture. In becoming Catholic and understanding the significance of Joseph, we're not even talking about Joseph here, but as a Protestant, we never talked about Joseph. The significance of Joseph and the significance of Mary, and then the significance of Jesus. We then came to appreciate the Holy Family in a way that we right. never did because we were able to look more closely at the individuals in the family. This is a phenomenon that I've noticed among many Catholics, and that is out of a spirit of charity and ecumenism, there's an effort to show all of the places in which we are similar with non-Catholics. And you'll hear the phrase a lot these days, Mary points us to Jesus. And there's this emphasis on, you know, for example, in uh, John 2, do whatever he tells you, John 2.15, I believe, where Our Lady at the, at the uh, wedding at Cana is speaking to the servants, that's us, and says, do whatever he tells you. And so that motif is very popular. But I like to go further and say, Jesus points us to Mary. And, and that is a radical statement when you just speak it out in the world because, A, a lot of people cringe when they hear that because they say, all oh, right, that's what I thought about you Catholics. You're always focusing on Mary. Well, Christ focused on Mary. And the best way to prove it is to go through the Gospels, not even counting the Old Testament, but just go through the Gospels at every major crossing point in our Lord's life, every event, every milestone, Our Lady is there, all the way to the book of Revelation, when she appears in Revelation chapter 12. At the end of chapter 11 is the Ark of the Covenant, and then immediately the next breath, John says, after he sees the Ark of the Covenant in the heavens, he says, then a great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, 12 stars as a crown on her head, and so forth. Our Lady appears at every juncture, and this is no accident. The thing that I think we have to remind people is that Christ, and let's maybe more specifically, the Holy Spirit inspired Scripture with these vignettes in them for a reason. Well, you talk about that the specific example in Scripture of Jesus on the cross. There is Mary and Jesus' statement. He doesn't say, John, I want you to take care of my mother. It's, behold your mother. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Yeah. If you're thinking, what would our Lord want to say at the very end of his life? He's almost ready to pronounce the words, it is finished and give up the ghost. What are the last few important things he has left to say? And he turns our attention to Mary. That's striking. Now, to build on that, I mentioned earlier about how the Ark of the Covenant is a prefigurement of Mary. We see it in Revelation chapter 11. The Ark of the Covenant appears in verse 19. Then we see the image of the woman clothed with the sun and the, the crown of stars. But notice in chapter 12, there is a huge red dragon crouching nearby, waiting for this woman to give birth to her child. This section is a great parallel with the infancy narrative 
Herod is like that dragon. Herod is crouching, waiting to kill the child. What does God do? He takes the Holy Family out into the desert of Egypt to preserve them safely. It's exactly what God does in Revelation 12 with the woman. He takes her out to a place of safety in the desert. So the dragon's effort is foiled. Now, the dragon gets very angry, and he's trying to figure out a way that he can attack the woman and this child. So we read in verse 17 of Revelation chapter 12, Then the dragon became angry with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her children, those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. The woman is Mary, and the next time somebody says to you, Well, Mary's not my mother. You say, well, hey, if you if you bear witness to Jesus and if you keep the commandments, she sure is, and that's what the Bible says. This is no accident. Christ is pointing us in this direction not to take our focus away from him, but to show us how we should focus on him. Mary is the model, as you as Bud was saying the earlier. The magnifier of the Lord. Exactly. My soul magnifies the Lord. That reminds me of Mary's response to Elizabeth where she made a prophecy in the Bible. She said, My soul magnifies the Lord. She goes to say, And all generations shall call me blessed. Every time you say the Holy, the, the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. where you call Mary blessed among women, you're fulfilling a biblical prophecy. And calling her blessed means giving an audible, heartfelt expression to her place in salvation history. She is blessed. That's an affirmation that we are to make. It's a conviction. Yes. Let me throw a curveball here, if I may. We often, as Catholics, get questioned or challenged, whatever the term is, with regard to Our Lady's Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception, defined by Pope Pius IX, is the dogma that Our Lady was preserved free from all sin, both original and actual, from the moment of her conception. And from that time forward, she was preserved in a state of radical grace throughout her life. Now, the after-effects of the Immaculate Conception are several, including the Assumption. And one of the common arguments that is raised goes like this. Sometimes people will say to you, well, Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came to save us from our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. Now, in Luke chapter 1, Mary says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The objection takes this form. They say, now, wait a minute. You Catholics are being inconsistent here. The Bible says, Mary says in the Bible that God is her Savior. And yet you Catholics say that Mary was free from all sin. So what did she need a Savior for? What was she saved from? So therefore, if Mary herself said that she needed a Savior and that God was her Savior, then clearly she could not have been immaculately conceived. That's the gist of the argument. Here's a vivid way to explain this without knowing a tremendous amount of Scripture. Well, imagine this pit covered over with branches and leaves and things. We don't see it. And our being conceived is as though a man's walking along, and in the very process, he steps into this pit, he crashes through, and he lands in the slime. And he cries out, Lord, save me. So the Lord reaches down and pulls him out, sets him down, cleans him off. And he says, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now, the woman walking along, she doesn't see the pit. And just as she puts her foot down on this false covering there, and she's about to plunge into this pit, she's teetering right on the brink. The Lord reaches out and stops her from falling in, sets her down safely on the side, and she says to him, Lord, thank you for saving me. Now, both people were saved. Now, she was, in effect, saved in a more wonderful way than the first one. You and I fall into the pit and get covered up with goop. God loved Mary in such a way that he prevented her. It's kind of like God cured us from cancer, but he prevented her from ever getting it. 
But in either case, Mary is absolutely right in saying, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior, because God did save her from sin. And it was because of what Christ did for her on the cross. So we Catholics should never be worried or bothered when somebody uses this verse. We should say, amen, God saved Mary from and sin. And now Genesis 3.15 actually makes sense. It makes sense. Because there's enmity between the woman and the serpent. And it's always done because of what Christ did on the cross, as Pope Pius IX said. He said, in light of the merits won for her by her son Christ on the cross, this is what was done for Mary. Often the misunderstanding in this doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is because of the wrong focus. They're somehow focusing on Mary rather than grace. Right. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That comes at the place in our lives when grace changes us through baptism. Right. Well, that happened to Mary before she was born. And it That's was not of point. her own doing it. This, God, yes. this fits, perfectly, it fits perfectly with Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Exactly. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from you. This is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast. So when we boast about the glories of Mary, we're really boasting about what God did in her. The Bible says... This is a gift of God. But the beautiful thing is what Mary received is promised to all of us. Yes. She just got the cash value up front. We get ours over our lives in, when we get to heaven. But everything we see in Mary, her, her freedom from sin, her assumption into heaven, her regal royal uh, rule in heaven with Christ her son, it's promised for all Christians. You go to the book of Revelation and you read about the Christians in heaven ruling with on thrones and with crowns and their kings and their judges and all these things. We're seeing all of this wrapped up in Mary. And what people forget is, that's ours. We're going to get that too. That reminds me, how would you make your own mother if you could make her? Christ made his own mother. If you have something perfect, would you put something pure into an impure container? Well, Mary is, as you said earlier, in the Ark of the Covenant, she's the tabernacle. Jesus Christ himself, before he was born, lived in the womb of the Blessed Mother, shared the blood through her uterus. Right. This, this brings up one small point that's very important for Catholics to know. The Church, historically, has always argued for the Immaculate Conception based on the argument from fittingness. It was fitting, it was proper, it was right, it was just that God should do this. We don't argue that he had to do this. If we make the mistake of arguing that God had to make Mary immaculately conceived because, after all, Christ would be receiving his humanity from a corrupt human being, that that couldn't happen, that's the wrong way to argue because all we have to do is to recognize that Mary's mother was not immaculately conceived. And Mary, the immaculate conception, the perfect specimen of humanity, was living in a fallen human body. Very devout woman, no doubt, but nonetheless... We always want to approach this issue from the standpoint it was fitting and right that God did it. He didn't have to do it, but this just shows forth his glory that he would do this. Just to tag on to that, each one of us is a Christ-bearer. Mary is our model, but every one of us is called to be a Christ-bearer. The sacraments help us to become pure, clean vessels through which we can present Christ to the world. So we speak of Mary as... Mediatrix of all graces. What are we talking about? Rather than get in a deep theological discussion of it, which is on one hand very difficult, but on the other hand, it is so simple and personal to us. Pray for me. You're right. serving as an advocate. Mm -hmm. Lift me before the Father. 
There's a sense in which you are acting partially as a mediator for me. Co, not meaning equal to. Co means with. Co-redeemer. We Catholics know about suffering with Christ mm -hmm. and that our sufferings have redemptive value. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, St. Paul says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. Now he's not saying that Jesus didn't suffer enough for us on the cross. What he's really saying, and this is the, the whole point of co-redemptrix, is that Christ not only suffered for us on the cross, he suffers through us, mm -hmm. and that our sufferings have this redemptive value if we want them to, if we allow them to, and offer them with Christ on the cross to the Father. One other verse here, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul says, So I ask you not to lose heart over my afflictions for you. This is your glory. Paul's suffering for the church is showing forth the glory of God in the church, and there is this redemptive value of that suffering, and the same, of course, preeminently is true of Mary. 1 Timothy 2, 5, St. Paul says to Timothy in this passage, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's obviously right. uh, the bedrock of our faith. Now, a Protestant might say, well, that disproves this idea of Mary being a mediator or, or in some way praying for us or interceding oh. for us. Not at all. That's in verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 starts like this. St. Paul says, First of all, then, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone. <laughs> then he goes on to say in verse 3, this is good and pleasing to God our Savior. So he starts the whole discussion of what a mediator is by saying, pray, supplicate, petition, offer thanksgivings, and so forth for everybody, because God likes this. My suggestion to all of us is to look at our rosary, as the Holy Father says, as our Ark of the Covenant, Mary with us, with her people. So when you're facing... The evil of abortion, the evil of pornography, the evil of anti-life governments, and all, all the other things. We don't want weapons of war, violence, or any of those other things. We take the Ark of the Covenant with us, and that's how we win our battles. The world in which we live is like Jericho. It's a fortified city of death. It's a fortified city of anti-life, anti-Christ attitudes and hearts, dark minds. The Holy Father is Joshua for today. Yes. He is the Joshua leading his people. And our Blessed Lady is present with us in the Ark of the Covenant in the form of the Rosary and her maternal protection. We have nothing to fear. In my own devotion, as I reflect on one particular icon of Mary, the part of that particular icon that always catches me is her eyes. The way the artist portrayed her eyes reminds me of her loving motherhood for me, reminds me of the care of this mother I see in those eyes this very gentle persuasion inviting me closer, ever closer, with me knowing my past, to walk with her to her son. Because that's who she draws us to. She leads us to her son. Pat, Marcus, thanks for coming today. God bless you both. Have Thank a you good very flight much, home. Thank you. We hope you found this CD inspiring and invite you to share it with others. You can order more copies online at catholiccity.com or by mail by writing to P.O. Box 26101, Fairview Park, Ohio, 44126. Also, we warmly invite you to distribute our free Catholic scapulars, medals, books, and booklets to your family, friends, parish, and social groups. Visit us online at catholiccity.com for more information. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, 
please pray for everyone who hears, reads, or wears our materials. Second, share them with everyone you know, family, friends, fellow parishioners, and the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally, please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising here at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our materials costs. So please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to working with you. May God bless you always. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without permission is prohibited.